God. Am I on? Yes, let's give glory to Jesus. Come on, let's clap our hands to him. Thank you, Lord. Ah, oh, that's not good. Come on, lift your voice. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the best place this morning? How many of you believe that you're in the best place? You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor James and uh, the church board for having us back again. Those of you who don't know us, this is our home church. So I'm an African, American, Australian. <laughs> and it's always wonderful to be back with you guys. And to, um, this is the first church, for those who don't know us, that I was able to come and minister in Australia. And maybe some of you still don't know that I'll never forget that uh, you guys were having a camp meeting. Uh, the men were having camping out. And the Tians that is here, he was sharing with Pastor James and the revivals we had in our country. And so Pastor James, and correct me where I'm wrong, but Pastor James said to Tians, do you think Dion will come and preach here? And so he phoned me around the campfire from Australia. They phoned me in South Africa and said, will you come and preach here? And I said, yep. And uh, well, five years later, uh, we're back here. We've led thousands to the Lord. Um, those of you who know us and are familiar with us, that we've been working from January right now. Those of you who've been following us on Facebook will know that uh, there's no rest for Shemaine and I. We're just going, 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 and I want to go even more. I don't know how much more we can do, but I want to do more because the return of Jesus Christ is near. Oh, boy. How many of you believe Jesus is coming again? If you believe that, lift your hand. Let me see how many of you is coming here. Good. How many of you believe the time that I, I, I see the hourglass, you know, the sand falling in the hourglass. How many of you see it? it's the last bit of grain that's falling out? Time is running out, church. And if there's, if there's ever before a reason for us to get excited and to get activated and to get motivated is now. Yeah. All right. There are friends and family, there are acquaintances that you know that are going to die and go to hell. And it is our responsibility, it is our mandate from God to let our family and friends and acquaintances know that there is a God. His name is Jesus. Amen. Come on, how many of you believe that? There is a heaven and there is a hell. And I'm sad for those who don't believe in hell, but you're going to get a big fright when you wake up your eyes down in hell if you never accepted Jesus Christ, accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can say, mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Come on, we don't want anybody to go to hell. Can you say amen? amen? Nobody wants to go to that place. And the sad thing is, and there's two little people who talk about hell because they say, are oh, you putting fear in the people? Well, good. Hello, somebody. They need to know that there is a God who loves us, and God who loves us doesn't want us to go to hell. Come on. Right? He loves us so much. that. And I've had some people say, yes, but if we serve a God of love, why would he send us to hell? Because he wants you to make right with Jesus today. Hello. Salvation is now. This is the good news that we have. Satan was meant to go to hell, but because of rebellion and because of, you know, the, the things that man do towards God, well, God says, okay, if you don't want to follow me, if you don't want to surrender, if you don't want to submit your life to me, well, unfortunately, that's the place you're going to go. But thank God we still are in the time where we have an opportunity to repent and make right with Jesus. Yeah. Come on, give him Come praise on. if you're glad. We can make right with God. I'm telling you, there are millions and millions and millions of people who have not accepted Jesus yet. And it is our mandate. There are people in Gladstone that are going to go to hell if we, the church, don't wake up and tell them about Jesus Christ. Come on, can you say amen? Yeah. This is a special week, a week that is set apart for us to have revival. It's our fifth uh, year of coming to preach, and every year we've had great, great moves. Uh, the first year we came, we had a two-week revival, and we saw uh, hundreds give their hearts to the Lord. But I'm, I'm not worried about what happened in the past. I'm concerned about today and tomorrow. Can somebody say amen? amen. We want to see Jesus do something fresh and new. So... Um, I have so much, so much going on in my head. Pastor James already said that to those of you who are, who are following us. It is for us a very, very, very exciting year. 
Um, I've already ministered in America this year. We ministered there, and I've been going to America for many years, but we've been ministering in America, uh, coming to Australia. I've been in South Africa, up in Africa this year. Uh, next week, we'll be flying off to Vanuatu. We'll be having our first open-air meetings that has been arranged for us to have uh, uh, healing. I don't want to use the word crusade, but having healing meetings in Vanuatu, and then we're going to go off to Philippines, and uh, that's going to be exciting. Yeah. And uh, we're going to go and have a pineapple there. No, I mean, we're going to preach Jesus there. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be ministering in the Philippines, and then we'll be off to uh, uh, Myanmar. Is that right, Shemek? First, Malaysia. Sorry, we're going to go to Malaysia. That's exciting. Aren't you happy with us today that God will use us and send us across the world and to preach the gospel? We'll be to Myanmar and Thailand. And, and uh, I don't know. I just know that when I'm having a break, will be the 6th of December. I'll be sitting in my home in South Africa. I wake up lately and I don't know what country or where I am. We've started off in Dolby. From Dolby, we went to Mackay. Mackay to uh, uh, Rock. Rockhampton, Rockhampton to Harvey Bay. We just came for yesterday from Harvey Bay, and it's been here. And I want to tell you, I am excited, super excited, because that the atmosphere in Australia is ready for a move of God. Come on, you should be excited. There's, a, there's an explosion waiting to happen. In actual fact, if I could say this, that in all my traveling so far uh, around the world, this country is, in my opinion, the most ripe country for revival. If you would take a big, big balloon, picture this with me, and you put water in the balloon. How many of you ever put that water in the balloon? And it swells and it swells and it swells, right? And you're just about to think this balloon's about to pop. Well, picture this. Prophetically speaking now, there is a balloon hanging over Australia. There is a balloon hanging over Gladstone today. And all it's going to take is that pin needle, just that little prick and kaboosh. How many of you are ready for a splash of the Holy Ghost all over us? So I'm telling you right now, it is our hunger, it is our worship, it is our prayers that's going to pop this balloon. And the glory of God is going to flood. I want to prophesy and say there's going to be a spiritual tsunami hitting this country like never before. Come on, church. There's going to, your churches are going to flood out. It's going to be packed. This is but only the beginning of greater things to come. Come on. How many of you are hungry for revival? Raise your hands. Two of us. Wow, that's very exciting. Bless God. How many of you are hungry for a move of the Holy Spirit? How many of you want to see your family get saved and your children's lives turned around and your alcoholic husband come to know Jesus Christ, your drug addict children to come to know Jesus Christ? Yeah, this is what we need, family. Would you turn to your neighbor, bump him like and say, wake up now. Oh, you're ignoring me again. They see you're not awake. Wake up. It's time for revival to come. I want to share on... Uh, 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 I'm going to do something different this morning, but starting tonight, say with me tonight. You cannot miss tonight, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because the Lord spoke to me in the beginning of this year, and He said to me, we want the church, I mean, we want Jesus to come. How many of you want Jesus to come? Revelation says the spirit and the bride say, come, Lord Jesus, come, right? But the problem that we have is the Lord said to me, and you can read in the book of Matthew, that Jesus is coming for a pure and spotless bride. How many of you believe he's coming for a pure church? Yeah. Amen? Amen? It's coming for a holy bride. Yeah. But the Lord said to me this, uh, in, the, in the year, he said, wherever you go to preach now, the church is not ready for my return. Get them ready. Get them ready. You say, but, 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 but you know, how, how can it be? And the Lord spoke to me and said that we are going to clean the inside of the church, getting the bride ready, because when the bride is ready, when the foundation is clean, we can build upon the foundation. And there's a lot of people who are sitting with a lot of rubbish in their lives. Okay, that went down good. And we're going we're gonna to get rid of the rubbish. If any of you that is sitting here this morning, if you call yourself a Christian, you will have the fear of God in you. Yeah. 
If you love Jesus, you want to get rid of anything that would stand between you and God. Is that right? Anything. I want to be pure and holy before the Lord. Now, I'm going to start teaching tonight on 13 strong men that has infiltrated the church and has infiltrated the lives of people. And I'm going to deal with two or three, depending on how the Spirit will lead, two or three strong men in the evening. And I'm going to pray over you, lay hands on you, and God is going to begin to reveal and set many people free. How many of you want to get closer to God? Raise your hand. So you can't miss tonight. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't know how, for how long it will go. But I want to tell you, we have had fun this year. I have been casting out demons left, right, and center. I tell you what, I'm kind of sick of casting out demons, but it's, it's okay. Because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Can you say amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope you have no demons. You're in trouble today. <laughs> And how many of you understand this, that we need not be afraid of the devil? Come on, say amen. Amen. Jesus taught us in John 10.10. He said, the thief has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. And sometimes we, the church people, are not even aware of how Satan is robbing us. So what I'm going to do... And I don't want you to look at it as a bad thing. I want you to get happy and excited because we are going to expose the works of darkness. And I know a lot of you are prayers. And here's one of the big lessons I learned. Many times when we pray, we do understand Matthew 18, 18 says, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, right? How many of you believe in that scripture? Something called binding and loosing. So many times when we pray, we're binding the little guys down here when we should be actually hitting the big boy up there. Does that make sense? We've got to understand, we've got to identify how Satan is operating so that we can get hold of the strong man and that we can get rid of all the little demon spirits that operate under him. So it's going to be great teaching. It's going to be great time of salvation and miracles, signs, and wonders. Are you happy about that? Come on, who's going to come tonight? (laughs) I don't know if i got demons. I'm scared, brother. Don't let that put you off. You come to here because the problem is this, that we, not the problem, we, we're going to get healed here, but we're going to take the knowledge we receive here and apply it out there. Can I say that again? You are going to receive word knowledge. You're going to receive an impartation of the glory of God. And you are all going to walk out of this place with a fresh new anointing so that you can change somebody else's life. Yes. Come on, that's we, who we are. We are the church. And most times we understand the sinner doesn't come here. We've got to go to the sinner. Do you believe that, family? I want you to open your Bible because I just, I, I want to share with you just something prophetic the Lord has laid upon my heart this morning. Pastor James asked me to share a little bit of my testimony. And we'll see how that's going to go. I, I, I want to speak on on what I feel the Lord is speaking to Gladstone and you all that is sitting here this morning. Isaiah chapter 60. May I ask by the showing of hands one more time, how many of you want revival? Raise your hand. How many of you sitting here by the showing of your hands say, I need revival? Well, then you can't miss this at all. You need to be here. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1, we all know it's a very popular scripture, but it starts off by saying this, arise. Somebody say arise. Arise. Turn to your neighbor and look at your neighbor square in the eye and say arise. Arise. Oh, you're ignoring me. Come on, tell your neighbor, "Arise." arise. This is a commandment. If you take the word arise and you put uh, uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, the word arise, and Jesus says, go. How many of you know, go means to arise, stand up. In other words, get out of your comfort zone. 
Come on, church. Get out of this idea of I'll just go to church and the pastor must feed me, feed me, feed me. No, it's not a time of being fed. You've been fed a lot. It's time to arise and let your light shine. Can you say amen? It's time to get out there, family. I said it's time to get out there. Do you know that we are living in the most exciting times of the history and the life of the church? The prophets, the Bible says, the prophets of old wish they could have lived in this time that we are living in. We are going to see things happen like never before. Do you believe that? Shemaine and I, those of you, since, we, we, since the last time I stood on this platform preaching to you, we've led a, you know, 10 or 12 or 15,000, I don't know how many souls we've led to Jesus already. How many souls have you won for the Lord this year, family? What have you done for the kingdom of God? If I laid hands on you last year and you fell under the power of God and we asked the Lord to anoint you, that we asked the Lord to equip you, and many of you come and say, I want it, I want the fire, I want the glory, and I lay hands on you, you fall out, but you have not led one soul to Jesus Christ since I've left here, that anointing meant nothing. Now it's quiet. If you haven't led one soul since somebody laid hands on you for the fire of God, if you haven't laid your hand on somebody sick to get them healed, if you haven't cast out a demon, if you haven't preached to somebody, the anointing means nothing. Then you become somebody like this who says, give me, give me, give me. You know, that's all I want, but I'm not willing to go out and give. I'll take, 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 but I don't want to give. Come on, who's with me? Now I got you guys, it's quiet in here. There's no point we're laying hands on you. When the Holy Spirit fell in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues, is that right? And then they went out and they began to preach the gospel. 3,000 people were touched and saved and delivered in one day because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Is that right? So here we come and we lay hands on you, seven services. We pray for you, anoint you. And if you haven't gone out to get somebody saved, you need to put a question mark behind it and say, why did I not get somebody saved in one year? The sad thing is there are people 50 years in church who has never led a soul to Jesus. You're a Christian, and Christians must win souls. Oh, yeah. It's a commandment. Matthew 28 says, go, therefore, and make disciples. I want to prophesy over you this morning and say, the Bible says, arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Oh, you're not happy about that. By the end of this week, you are going to be shining. By the end of this week, the glory of the Lord shall be seen upon you. Because whom the Son is going to set free will be free indeed. I'm believing God that Satan will have no more hooks in you. He will have no more uh, attachments on you. That we will be so free that when we leave this place, the glory of the Lord is just going to flow out of us. It's just going to shine radiantly and lives will be changed. Come on, how many of you want that power? So he says, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Behold, the darkness shall come or shall cover the earth. How many of you know there is a darkness right now that's covering the earth? Come on. There's a darkness. Sin is abounding. It is rampant. Sex, homosexuality, pornography, drugs, alcohol, obesity. The list goes on and on and on and on. And the Christians are sitting like this and say, Oh, well, kesera, sera, what will be, will be. No, family. We have a mandate from God. We've got to arise and let our light shine. Can you say amen? Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, the deep darkness the people. But the Lord, oh, hallelujah, the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. How many of you want to be part of that one day? He will be upon you. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 61. The question is, how do we shine our lights? How do we have the people see the glory of God? Isaiah 61 verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Are we this morning in a Pentecostal church? Am I preaching in a Pentecostal church this morning? 
How many of you believe in, in Pentecost? Raise your hand. Let me ask this. How many of you believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand. How many of you believe in speaking in tongues? Raise your hand. How many of you believe in prophecy? Raise your hand. How many of you believe in laying on of hands? Raise your hand. How many of you believe in casting out devils? Raise your hand. Well, then, bless God, I am in a Pentecostal church. Is that true? Now, if the, if the Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, when Jesus came in Luke chapter 4 and he entered into the synagogue, the Bible says he opened up the scripture and he actually read this. He said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And then he said this, Jesus said, today in your hearing, this scripture is being fulfilled before you. All right? Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that very same Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus Christ, as we read here, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That same Holy Spirit is upon us here today in the year 2015. If you believe it, give God praise. Come on. Because it's the same Holy Ghost. I don't know if you are hearing me. If I'm preaching something and you agree, can you say amen? amen. That's not too bad. Try again. Amen. If I say something and you, and you agree and you like what I'm saying, can you say mm-hmm? <laughs> That's not too bad. If I say something and you really, really, really like what I'm saying, can you jump up and down, turn around and shout hallelujah? Let me tell you, I'm to make the devil mad and Jesus glad. How many of you know the, the demons of Gladstone started trembling the moment I drove into the city again last night? The demon said, oh my God, he's back again. Oh no, he's back again. We've come to torment the devil. Hallelujah. Come on, but not me, you too. I said you too. We are Christians. Now remember this. Hebrews 13, 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today, and forever. Can you say amen? amen? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't you ever let somebody come and tell you what Jesus did in the Bible times was only for them. It's not for us today. That is a blatant lie of Satan. Can you get that? It's a blatant lie. Don't ever Say that the devil says to you, you can't do what Jesus did. It is a blatant lie. We are Christians. The word Christian means we are like Jesus. Hello? We are like Jesus. As he is, so are we on this earth today. Don't you ever think you're not good enough. Don't you ever think that you have to have 10 years of studying behind your name before you can go and preach the gospel or you can lay hands on somebody. Don't ever let the devil lie you to that. If you've got Jesus Christ, if you're born again and you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that same power is in you and I. Come on. We are anointed by God. We have a fire, a power by God. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not a loser. Come on, say it again. I want you to say it because some people have that mentality. You're not a loser. Amen? Turn to your neighbor on the other side and say, you're not weak. We are strong in God. How many of you believe we are strong in the Lord? Come on, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Not by my might, nor by my power, but by the Holy Spirit, bless God. Yeah. And we have an anointing. Do you believe that? Yeah. We have an anointing. 1 John chapter 2 verse 20 says this. I want you to read it. Come on, let's go there quickly. 1 John chapter 2 verse 20. When we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, something, something happens to us. He says, verse 20, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. How can I know all things? Because you have the Holy Spirit. How many of you know the Holy Spirit knows all things? Yeah. Verse 27 says, But the anointing which you have received from Jesus abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in Him. Say that with me. Say, Thank you, God. For the, for the Holy Spirit. Say this, by the Holy Spirit, I can do all things. I know all things. 
Say this, Holy Spirit, you are the one who teaches me, guides me, and leads me. As Jesus is, so am I this morning because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. How many of you believe what you just confessed? Come on, give him praise. You are anointed. You are anointed. You have an anointing. So how do we, how do we let the light shine in our lives? Isaiah 61, we were there. Let's read this. Is it okay if I'm preaching a little bit now? Hello? Is anybody feeling encouraged? We're going to lay hands on you. We're going we're to ask the Lord just to let a fresh fire fall on you this morning. I'm praying some of you are going to get so drunk in the Holy Ghost, you won't even be able to leave this building. Uh, in the past, Sister Maria Woodward Etta, anybody ever heard of her? When the Holy Spirit came upon her, she was preaching, and as she was preaching, she made a statement like this, and she froze for three days, solid. Three days, with her mouth open, her eyes open, and her hand in the air. You're looking at me funny. It's a written fact. She stood frozen in a huge meeting with thousands of people in front of her. And the Holy Spirit came upon her. 100,000 people came to look at Maria Woodworth Etta as she was frozen like this. They tried to pick her up. They couldn't because the anointing had, had stuck her to the floor. The doctors came and the doctors checked her out. They were concerned because her eyes were open. Her mouth was open. You know, you would expect everything to dry up. But her eyes stayed wet and her mouth was dry. Her heartbeat was normal. Everything was normal. She just couldn't move. 100,000 people came in three days to look at this phenomenon. Can you imagine that? After three days when the Holy Spirit went off of her, she went, boom, just kept on preaching. She did not even know three days had passed by. <laughs> Can I pray? <laughs> oh, you don't look happy. Would you imagine that if all of us just got stuck here for three days? <laughs> I can see your minds just... <laughs> so how do we shine our light for Jesus? Well, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me and how many of you know he has anointed us now? Do you believe that? So we can read it tonight, uh, this morning like this. Because the Lord has anointed us to do what? We are to preach good tidings to the poor. You're not with me. I want to read the Amplified. I just love the Amplified in this section. There's so much information. I want to read it to you. The Spirit... Of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and qualified me. Somebody say qualified. What qualifies you? Your salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hello? God doesn't throw his pearls to the swine. God's not going to waste his anointing on people who are just going to, you know, say, I want it, but they know they're not going to use it. Can you say amen? Yes. My qualification in the Lord is salvation, the baptism, but I want to put something extra in there. You've got to be hungry. How many of you are hungry for the anointing, hungry for the power? So the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, to the poor, and the afflicted. How many of you believe there are afflicted people in this town? Come on, are there poor people in this town? Are there meek people in this town? Absolutely. He has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted. Now, when I'm reading this to you, church, I want you to understand it's not beyond hockey. It's everybody in this room. Do you believe that? Yeah. Come on. It's everybody. Not the frozen chosen. <laughs> he has sent me. In other words, I'm going to read it like this. He has sent us to do what? To bind up and heal the brokenhearted. He has sent us to proclaim liberty to the physical and the spiritual. In other words, he's proclaiming liberty, freedom. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be bound physically and spiritually. Amen? I love it. 
to proclaim liberty to the physical and the spiritual captives and the opening of the prison and of the eyes of those who are bound. In other words, starting tonight, there are going to be spiritual doors opening up. Physical doors are going to be opening up. God's going to give you revelation and insight. Maybe you say, well, Brother Hockey, I don't have any demons and I'm good. That's wonderful. But what you need is the revelation power of God's Word. Can you say amen? You need the Word. You need the Word to come and, and, and fill you up and, and, and overflow through you so that you can bring change into somebody else's life. So you don't have the right to say to me, well, Dion's going to talk on strong, so I'm not going to come. I'm, I don't have a problem. Well, that's the first problem you have. You better be here. <laughs> because you're bound by pride. Hello. And you're bound by, the Bible says that knowledge puffs up. And because I say, well, I, I already know all this stuff. No, my dear friend, that's where you're, pro I was just, I'm not going to say where, but I was in a place where there was a man who was very learned, very up there, Okay. And um, this man came to the meetings, and I got a message that he stopped coming to the meetings because he said, and he's, a, he's got many doctorates and whatever. And this guy said, oh, well, whatever, you know, what Dion's preaching is, you know, it's old news for me. I know it all. That's what he said. He, I'm not coming to the meetings anymore. And the very thing that I was teaching on was this thing of, of, of getting the, the people free on the, on the strongholds. And let me tell you, I cast demons out of his family left, right, and center. They were going on the floor like snakes. I mean, I'd never seen the man stand up, and uh, he was lying on his back, and his stomach went in the air, and his head touches his heels as the demons come out. What does that mean to me? It means to me this man could have all the knowledge in the world, but his family was still bound. Does that make sense? You can be how many certificates on the wall. If you're not getting people free, people healed, and people set free, your certificate means zero. You'll impress somebody else. I don't want impression. I want, I want experience. Can somebody say Amen. Come on, who's going who's gonna to come this week? Because this is what's going to happen. Let me read it again. He says he'll give liberty to proclaim liberty to the physical and the spiritual captives and the opening of the prison. In other words, God's going to set people free, but he's also going to open up the eyes of those who are bound. So revelation is going to come this week. He's going to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What does we do? We who have the light of God, we are going to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of His favor. I believe we are in the favor of God right now. Can you say amen? We are going to proclaim the day of vengeance of our God. How many of you know there's a day coming where there's going to be a great judgment throne? There's a, a judgment day coming. Can you say amen? And God is going to take vengeance on that day. Oy. And it is your responsibility and my responsibility to warn the people, warn the people, warn the people. My friend, whether you believe in God or don't believe in God, whether you believe in heaven or don't believe in hell, I don't care what you believe in. There is a day coming of vengeance. God's going to judge the people. And let me tell you, here's the good news. Receive Christ now. Repent of your sin now. Don't wait for that terrible, terrible day to come. Can you say amen? God gives us opportunity to repent now. Fear God and serve Him with all of your heart, soul, and mind. Amen? Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, no compromise. Would you do that? Come on, tell your neighbor, no compromise. Some of you are ignoring me. Come on, no compromise. We are to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the year of His favor and the day of vengeance of our God. And what else are we to do with this life? We are to comfort all who mourn. There are people who are grieving and are sad and are struggling. What else are we to do with this light that God gives us? Verse 3. We are to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion and to give them an ornament, a garland or a diadem of beauty instead of ashes. We are to give people the oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment of expressive, I like that, of praise, instead of a heavy burden and a failing spirit. Boy, I'm giving, I hope you have the amplified in front of you. You all got tablets and these fancy phones now. 
So he said that they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty. This is what God wants us to be. We are to be lofty, strong, and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God. The planting of our Lord that he may be glorified. Are you with me? So much information, I'll just stand here and preach the whole morning because of all the, all the different aspects of what God is calling us to be and how we should be. Can you say amen? amen. Verse 4 also, he says, we, we who have the light, why, why are we to shine our light? Because when we shine our light, the following will happen. They shall rebuild the ancient ruins. Oh, I like that. Coming back to the basics of Christianity. Hello? People have so watered down the gospel and made it so easy. And that in actual fact, they've, some people have perverted the gospel so much so that they made the blood of Jesus null and void. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? Come on, we got to believe in Jesus, His resurrected power. We believe in the cross. How many of you still believe in the cross and believe in the blood of Jesus? Believe in repentance and believe in holiness and righteousness and purity. Can I go on? They shall rebuild the ancient ruins, and they shall raise up the former desolations and renew the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. I believe we're in that right now. Aliens shall stand ready. I'm reading from Amplified. Aliens shall stand ready and feed your flocks. The foreigners shall be your plowmen and your Vine dresses. You shall be called the priests of the Lord. And people will speak of you as the ministers of our God. And you shall eat the wealth of the nations. And the glory once that of your captors shall be yours. Hallelujah. Let's get back to the New King James. I'm reading in the New King James. It's too much information. Is anybody still with me? All right, the New King James. Listen now. How are we to shine the light of God? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed not just me but us. The Lord has anointed us to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent us to heal the brokenhearted. He wants us to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. We are to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. And strangers, somebody say strangers, I like this, shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the foreigners shall be your plowmen and your wine dresses. Hallelujah. You shall be named the priests of the Lord, and they shall call you the servants of our God, and you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in the glory you shall boast. What are you saying to me, Dion? God says, even though this is a prophetic message, you know, years ago of Israel coming out of captivity, but I want to say that we are partakers with Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And many, many people are going to get saved because the Spirit of the Lord God is upon us. And whatever would happen here to the Jews in the Bible here in this prophetic thing is is also apl applicable to us today. Amen? Amen. Many strangers from out there are going to come in here this week. Would you believe that? Many, many broken walls are going to be repaired. Relationships are going to be restored. Come on, somebody. God is going to bring healing and deliverance to the city, if you would believe what I'm saying. A lot of you sitting here today have come out of broken homes and you come from, from broken relationships and, and even your relationship between God, your Father, and yourself has been broken. But there is now a time of restoration that will take place this morning and in this week. The things that have separated you from God, that first love, that hunger, that desire, the Lord says, I'm going to set you free. I'm going to heal your broken heart. I'm going to bring a liberty and freedom to you so that you can have that relationship with God again. Amen. Amen. Come on, that's good news. I don't know about you, but I think that's awesome news. 
He's going to give you oil of joy for the gladness and the mourning that you've been going through. This week is a time of not just deliverance, but of healing and the sadness and the stuff you've been carrying and the heavy loads you've been carrying. God says, I'm going to give you a fresh joy again. We've experienced that in this church and we're going to see it again. Amen. You are going to do a lot of carpet ministry. You don't look happy about that. We're going to be, I'm God's barman this week. Hallelujah. I'm going to give out some new wine. Okay, some of you didn't get that one either. (laughs) How many of you have never been in my meetings? Raise your hand. How many of you, this is the first time that you are in one of my services? Oh, no wonder you're looking at me funny. (laughs) How many of you have never heard my testimony before? Raise your hand. How many of you never heard? Okay. I was a full-on alcoholic. I drank two bottles of brandy a day. How long have I been going for? 45 minutes already? Has it been 45 minutes? It only says 5 o'clock then. (laughs) But anyway, I'm not going to give the whole testimony, but I do want to share this though. I was a full-on alcoholic, drank two bottles of brandy a day. How many of you know that's a lot of drinking? Apart from the weekends, I mean, this is what I did in the week. Weekends, I would have a bottle of rum with it and a dozen of beers with it. On a good day, it would be a lot more than that. I would drink myself drunk, and then I would vomit, pass out, wake up, and drink again. That's what I did. Grew up in the streets of Hillbrow, Johannesburg, smoked 40 cigarettes a day. I was part of gangs, grew up in gang lifestyle. Tied people behind cars, dragged them over the tar roads, stabbed people with knives, bashed their faces in with bricks. I was a fighter for the devil. Now I'm a fighter for Jesus. I mean, I'm a fighter for Jesus. Some people come to me and they say, you're bombastic, you're arrogant, you're prideful, you're very straightforward. I tell you what, if I lived for the devil 100%, I'm going to live for Jesus Christ 100%. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed to tell where I come from, and I'm not ashamed to say where I'm going, bless the Lord. Who the Son set free is free indeed. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to be like a dog returning to its own vomit who's going to be wallowing in its mud. I'm not going to fall for the lies of the devil ever again in my life. Can you say amen? I don't want to dream. I hate alcohol, I hate gambling, I hate, I, hate, I hate all the stuff that I've come from. And a lot of you are sitting in it today. God wants to set you free. I went to a church, I was 25 years old, the first time I heard about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I had an incurable skin disease on my body. They couldn't heal me, the doctors couldn't help me. So I went to church for the first time at the age of 25. I truly, 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 truly heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and who he was. You know, growing up, yes, you hear about God. God is a, is a little baby Jesus who gets born on Christmas. And, you know, Easter is when Jesus dies again. So a lot of people live for him to be born and to die. Born to die. Are, are you getting that? Uh, Christmas, oh, let's celebrate his, his little baby Jesus. And then Easter comes, oh, shame, Jesus died again. So let's wait for Christmas to come. They can be born again. I don't know about you. We serve a resurrected, glorious Jesus Christ. Come on. He's a God who's raised from the dead. Say amen if you believe it. He's a victorious God. He's a powerful God. Amen. He's not dead. He's alive. The grave outside Jerusalem says he has risen. I said he has risen. In the name of Jesus. Are you all right, sir? Give him some water. There we go. I'm telling you right now, you better get ready for stuff to happen this week. If somebody next to you begins to go all funny, then you know something's happening. God is setting the people free. Boy. So anyway, I went to this church this morning, and, and I'd never been in a, in, a, in a Pentecostal church like this one. They were jumping, singing, shouting, dancing, all of that stuff. It was weird, but I enjoyed it. Anyway, when the altar call was given, I went forward for salvation on the 23rd of September, 1990. In a few days' time, is our 25th 
a birthday for Shemaine and I. We both got born again that day. They laid hands on us. I was instantly healed of, the, of my skin disease. I was instantly delivered from alcohol, from drugs, from fighting, gambling, swearing, and all the stuff that goes with it. And uh, the Sunday night, I was praying before God. I, as I was praying, I asked the Lord to baptize me with His Holy Spirit. I'm just giving you a, a real quick uh, uh, thing of what happened. But it was about 2 o'clock that Sunday morning or the Monday morning. Uh, while I was praying, Jesus Christ appeared to me. He stood before me with His arms, His arms open wide. And the Lord baptized me that morning in the Holy Spirit. And I spoke in tongues for three days uncontrollably. Just had this power of God upon me. On the Wednesday, I got saved Sunday morning. I got healed Sunday morning, delivered Sunday morning. I got baptized with the Holy Spirit Sunday night. I, uh, Wednesday came, uh, a man came into my store that I was working at. And uh, I told this man, or I spoke to this man, and he was a Assembly of God minister. And I, I shared with him how God had healed me and filled me with the Holy Spirit. So that night, he asked me to go and speak to a group of people in our country. And when we got there, there were over 400 people sitting in the building like this. And uh, I was the only white guy there because there was a bunch of black people there, you know. And so I, was, I, I went there with six witch doctors traditionally clothed. And they were there to do traditional healing. Now you've got to understand, I've got, I didn't even have a Bible. Got saved Sunday morning, filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues. It's now Wednesday. I'm three days old in God. Is anybody with me? There's six witch doctors. There's 400 people in front of me. And I get to preach my first sermon. <laughs> I'm really just throwing a, a lot, you know, telling you quickly what happened. But what happened was I, I hadn't gone to Bible school. I didn't even have a Bible. This pastor had a Bible. He gave me his Bible to preach. And so that, that, that evening, I opened the Bible in the first book of Kings, chapter 18. Never even heard about the story of Elijah and the 450 Baal prophets. There was a woman lying on the floor in that meeting that morning who had a broken leg that her bone was protruding through her skin. I mean, she broke a leg. The, bro the bone was sticking out. No doctors and hospitals that was near to help her. So the witch doctors would come and they would pray for healing. So when I'm reading the scripture of Elijah, uh, uh, you know, challenging the bold prophets, and he said to them, if your God's the real God, bring an offering and pray to your God. If he answers the fire, we know he's the real God. How many of you know the story? Anybody know the story? Well... While I'm reading this, I had never read the story in my whole life. I didn't have a Bible, so I'm really excited about reading the story of this guy, Elijah. And then I think to myself, well, Jesus healed me Sunday from an incurable skin disease. Then he can heal the lady with a broken leg. How many of you agree with that? God can heal anything and everything. So instead of me finishing the story, I said to the pastor, bring the lady with a broken leg and lay her in front of me. So they picked the lady up in the stretcher. They laid her in front, uh, in front of me. And then I said this. I said to the bold, the, the, <laughs> the bold prophets, I said, to the witch doctors, I challenge you to heal this broken leg. How many of you know when you get radically saved, you do radical things? <laughs> Amen? How many of you know we need more radical people in church? We don't need the airy-fairy, spiritual, scary ones. We don't need the ones who have a show, but they've got no power. Come on, somebody. We need somebody who's got guts to stand up and say, I'm not ashamed. I'll get out there and do something for God. <laughs> Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, you better do something for Jesus. So a lot of you just ignoring me again. You've got to get out there. Become radical for Jesus. It's no good you tell people about Jesus, but you can't show him Jesus. If you had to go out there now and you tell somebody, say, oh, Jesus loves you. And the person comes in and says, well, show me this Jesus. How are you going to show and prove that Jesus is real to them? You can't open your Bible and say, oh, the Bible says this. I don't believe in the Bible. So how are you going to change and convince people out there that he's alive? Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? What do you do? The only way I know to do it is pr prove the power of God. Show them Jesus. Amen. Come on, some of you just got a revelation right now. You can't say to them, the Bible says, I don't believe in the Bible. What do you do to an atheist who doesn't believe? Come on, this is, this is Australia. There's a lot of people in this country who don't believe. How do you make them believe? How do you convince them? That's what I'm trying to tell you this morning. Arise, shine, for your light has come. 
And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Come on, somebody. We have an anointing from God. It's not anointing to say, ooh, I got anointing. Goosebumps fall down and got drunk in the Holy Ghost. That, that's wonderful, but that's not what it's about. It's about God empowering us to get out there, to get people saved, to get people free, to show them that the God we serve is alive. Hello. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. We have an anointing. So these witch doctors were there. And I said to the witch doctors, heal this lady with a broken leg. And they stood up and they accepted the challenge. And they formed a circle around. And they were dancing and shouting and pouring water on her. And can you imagine a broken leg? One guy had a leg pulling on that leg. The poor lady, she was 74 years old. She was crying in agony and pain. And so for about 20 minutes, they were standing doing all of this. I had my back against the wall. I'm three days old in Jesus. I have my Bible open, and the Bible, while I'm reading, this is happening in front. I read the Bible, and Elijah says to the, to the bold prophets, he says, Why don't you shout a little bit louder? Perhaps your God's sleeping. <laughs> it's true. So I stood, and I said that to the witch doctors. I said, Shout louder. Maybe your ancestors are sleeping. They're bum, 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 bum. They all dancing. And, and then the Bible says this. While I was, this is happening in front of me, I'm reading, and um, the Bible says the, the, the bold uh, prophets, they cut themselves so that the blood flowed. And when I looked at that, I looked up, and the one witch doctor took his spear, he cut himself and wiped the blood on that lady. How many of you know the devil's pathetic and stupid? Some of you don't believe what I just said. I don't fear the devil. And there's only one blood that works. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, son. There's no other blood. Only one blood, and that's the blood of Jesus. Don't know why these Satanists and people who want to follow the devil, you're so silly. So silly, drinking blood and killing cats and eating babies and doing all of that rubbish. It's a copycat of the genuine anointing. I'll never forget many years ago in my shop that I was working, there was a, a guy from, from Britain who came into my shop he was tattooed from the top to the bottom. He had all satanic signs over his body. He had bones everywhere and studs everywhere. And he came walking into my store. And I stood there, you know, and he bought something. And he stood in front of me. And I kind of, you know, looked at the, at, the, at, the, at the peace sign. How many of you know the peace sign is the cross being broken, turned it upside down, saying, I'm, I'm renouncing Jesus Christ. A lot of people wear stuff they don't even know what it is. Hello, somebody. Just last week on Friday night, there was a young man walking in the service, got a big old T-shirt on with a, with, a, with, a, with a skeleton on a motorbike, you know, these, and it's got the El Diablo. It means uh, uh, I'm a follower of the devil or, I, or Satan is that. You know, he doesn't even know what he's wearing. Hello, somebody. So this guy stands in front of me with all his tattoos. I said, oh, what does that sign mean? So it's got, it's got the skull. Who knows the skull? The satanic pentagram skull thing. And he, say, he says, oh, no, no, no. This is, the, this is the sign of the devil. He says, quite proud of it. I said, really? He said, yes. I said, what religion are you? He says, I'm a satanist. I said, wonderful. Is that what you do? Do you serve, do you serve Satan? He said, oh, yes, I do. I said, is he powerful? He said, oh, yeah. He said, man, the devil is so strong. I feel the power of him come in me sometimes. I said, do, are you from, from England, are you? He said, oh, yes, I'm from England. I said, do you love soccer? He says, definitely. I said, what, what team do you shout for? I think it was Liverpool or something. He said, I shout for Liverpool. I said, and are they victorious or do, some, do they lose sometimes? He says, no, they lose sometimes. I said, do you like losing? He says, I hate losing. I said, do you know what, that you are serving a God, Satan, who's a loser? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, there's a God bigger than him. His name's Jesus Christ. When I did that, the demons started manifesting. I said, you are a, you're, a, you, you're on a losing side. I've got good news for you. There's a God who's bigger than Satan, who overcame the devil. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanser. Come on, sir. And that man got saved and delivered in my, in my shop that morning. Gave his heart gloriously to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We serve an awesome God who's not dead, but he's alive. I prayed that morning. I, you know, these witch doctors were busy with the lady, and they couldn't get a heal. So what happened was when I'd finished, you know, stopped them all, I went to this lady, and I said to the lady, because I read the story, the Bible says Elijah prayed, and fire fell from heaven and so forth. And so this lady was on the floor, and I said, well, lady, let me just tell you, I've got good news for you today. I'm three days old in the Lord. I said, but the good news is Jesus Christ healed me of a skin disease. If he can heal me, he can heal you. 
And she looked at me and I said to God, God, what must I do? And I heard the Lord say to me, put your hand on her leg and pray for her leg. So I went and I knelt down and I put my hands on her leg and I said, Father, I ask you, please heal this leg. And I stood up and stepped back and no miracle happened. Nothing happened. And then I heard the Lord say to me, but what you prayed was wrong. And I said, Lord, teach me how to pray. And then the Lord taught me John 16, uh, 23, that says, In that day, Jesus said, You will ask me nothing, but whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, I will give you. The revelation is this. We've got to ask the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on. For there is no other name but the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Come on. That's the name above all names and all sickness and all disease. And I knelt down and I put my hand on that leg and I said, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus. And when I said that, I could feel like electricity go through my hands. The power of God came upon that woman. The bone pushed back into the skin. The hole closed up. I took her by the hand. I said, stand up in the name of Jesus. The 74-year-old lady jumped up completely healed by the power of God. Come on, we serve an awesome, mighty God. Hallelujah. Needless to say, there was pandemonium, and everybody was rejoicing and happy. And so my very first altar call I gave three days in the Lord, I said to the people, how many of you want to serve the witch doctors, and how many of you want to serve my God who's called Jesus? So 400 people gave their hearts that morning to Jesus, and the witch doctors, the whole lot got saved. Hallelujah. (laughs) Planted my first church that day. Never stopped preaching ever since. Just kept going year after year after year after year. This is our 23rd year in the Lord, Shemaine and I, averaging 300 services a year for 23 years. People still don't believe that I'm doing it. 300 meetings a year for 23 years. And some of you are freaking out just because it's seven days this week. (laughs) Is anybody hungry for God? Come on, is anybody thirsty for Jesus? Does everybody want the power of the Holy Spirit? I want to encourage you, don't miss tonight. It's going to be an awesome time. Can I ask you for every head to be bowed and every eye to be closed, please? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Nobody stand, walk, or move. You're only allowed to breathe. That's it. (laughs) You know, I didn't give my full testimony, but that morning, I'll never forget this man who preached about Jesus. He did something quite, quite awesome. When I was sitting that morning 20, 25 years ago, he said, I want to ask you a question. And that morning, he asked a question I had never, ever heard in my life. And I'm going to ask you guys the same question this morning. Here it comes. If you had to die this morning, if you had to breathe your last breath this morning, now I'm saying this under the blood, but it is true that you can die in a car accident or you can have a heart attack. How many of you know death is sudden? Now, I know and I pray nobody will die, but here's the thing. If you had to die this morning, here's the question. Will you go to heaven or will you go to hell? If you had to breathe your last breath this morning, will you open up your eyes in the lake of fire or will you open up your eyes in heaven? And if you are sitting here this morning, you say, Dion, if I had to die... I think I'll go to heaven. Thinking is not knowing you're going to go to hell. Somebody else will say, if I had to die, I hope I'll go to heaven. Hoping is not knowing you're going to go to hell. When they asked me 25 years ago, Dion, if you had to die, where are you going? I knew I was going to go to hell. I just knew it. There was no doubt about it. I was going to spend eternity in hell. There are some of you sitting here this morning, you have that very same thought. You know that if you die, you'll go straight to hell. But God loves you, friend. God wants to save you this morning from that pit of of hell, that terrible, terrible place. This morning you can get saved and you can know that you know you don't have to spend eternity in hell. The man said, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, 25 years ago, he said, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, all you got to do is raise your hand. I want to tell you, it was the toughest time in my life, really. 
It was the greatest battle I'd ever faced in all my life was to raise my hand in the church to give my heart to Jesus. But thank God I did. My life had never been the same since then. And I want to ask you this morning, if you are sitting here, you say, Dion, I want to give my life to Jesus this morning. I want to surrender my life. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. But Dion, I want you to pray for me, please. So that Jesus also can save me like he saved you. With nobody looking except me, by the count of three. By the count of three, if you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, I want you to lift your hand and I want you to raise it high. Not for me, but for Jesus, okay? And I don't care if you belong to this church. I don't care if you're from another church. I'm not asking you anything but to give your heart to the Lord this morning. So here it goes. One, two, Three, slip up your hand. Thank you, 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 thank you. Hands are going up everywhere. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I see those hands going. You say, Dion, I'm serious. I'm serious. I want to give my life to Jesus. I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I acknowledge my life is wrong, but this morning, now, right now, I want to give my heart to God. I don't care what my neighbor next to me says. I don't care what my pastor thinks. I don't care what my family will think of me. I want to give my life to Jesus now. If that is you, slip your hand up high into the air, and I can pray with you. So many hands have gone up. I'm going to ask everybody who raised their hands to please, not for me, but for Jesus. Would you stand Everybody who raised their hands, come on, stand for Jesus. Be bold, be brave, and be strong. Come on, stand for Jesus. Stand for Jesus. Stand for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, family, this is awesome. Lives being saved this morning. Now, all of you that are standing, can we move these things? All of you that are standing, please, the worst is over. Would you kindly come and join me up front? Come on, come stand here by me. We would love to pray with you this morning. Come on, family, let's encourage them. Hallelujah. Shift on over. Come on, shift on over. Move up, move up, move up. Move up, guys. Move up, move up, move up, move up. I'm asking that nobody go home yet. All of you sitting in the pews, let me tell you right now, by the Spirit of God, there are people sitting next to you. Their hearts are doing this. <coughs> they want to stand up, but they're scared. They're scared of, of what will people think or say. How many of you know what I'm saying? So would you guys in the audience turn to your neighbor and would you ask your neighbor, are you right with Jesus? If you're not right, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I'll take you by the hand and I'll walk with you to the front. Come on, evangelize, family. You know the deal. Quickly evangelize. You're ignoring me. Come on, ask your neighbor, are you sure your life is right with Jesus? If they're not sure, take them by the hand. Bring them forward. Bring them forward. Come on down. Yes, there's more coming. Let's give God another clap offering. Thank you, Jesus. It's going to be a good week. Can somebody say amen? How many believe it's going to be a good week? Four of us. Wonderful. Let's all stand to our feet. You guys up front, thank you for your obedience to the Lord. And would you hold your hands like this? Would you all do that, please? Please hold your hands like this. And the church, church, would you stretch your hand out to these beautiful people? And can I ask all of you that is in front and everybody in the back, everybody to pray out loud after me. Please say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I stand before you this morning and I confess I have sinned, but I ask you now, God, to please forgive me all my sins in the name of Jesus. I believe 
that the blood of Jesus washes me, cleanses me of all my sin. I believe as I stand here now, I am forgiven and I have no more sin. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe He is the Son of God. And I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, by faith, come and live in my heart. I receive you right now as my God, my Savior, and my very best friend. I make you, say it again, I make you the Lord of my life. And I will serve you with all of my heart, all of my soul, and all of my being. I belong to you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give God a big thank you. Come on, give him praise. Somebody shout to the Lord. Oh, come on, shout a victory, shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. All right. I want you guys who are here this morning, all of us, you guys who just got saved, rededicated your heart. I don't know what you did, but you did it. All of you standing here, do you have somebody who needs to do what you just did right now? How many of you know somebody who must get saved? Get on your phone, tell them to come tonight. Will you do that? How many of you in the audience back there would like to see more salvations like this every service? Come on, let's get on the phone. Let's invite our people to get to the meetings. Pastor, where are you? Oh, there you are. You got your microphone? Who's going to come tonight?